Welcome to Inside the Mind. My name is Drew Fitzgerald here to bring you coverage of all things Charlotte 49ers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my favorite time of the year, March Madness, and we got a big episode today about it. Hundreds of teams all over the country will push themselves to the limit to punch their ticket to the big dance. For most mid-majors, like Charlotte, that will require winning the conference tournament. But before we prepare for the CUSA conference tournament, let's talk about the Niners' last two games of the regular season. Coming off the program's 900th win, Charlotte's victory against the Rice Owls put them in position to secure the fifth seed bye for the conference tournament. With two games left to go in the season, Charlotte had the chance to lock the fifth seed conference tournament bye and notch a 20-win season. The Niners entered the Convocation Center in San Antonio, Texas to match up against the Roadrunners, who had just come off a close win against the FIU Panthers. That win was quite a surprise for the Roadrunners. To put it frankly, UTSA has had an abysmal season. They were ranked last in the standings with only three wins in conference play, and before tip-off, were already locked as the 11th seed in the CUSA tournament. But this was UTSA's senior night, a final send-off to those loyal veterans who had endured the tough season. Therefore, anything could happen. Before tip-off, we did not see the backup center Josh Aldridge suit up for the game, presumably still out with a knee injury that he suffered before the North Texas game. Therefore, Ali Khalifa and Igor Milicic would have double duty filling in for the injured player. The game did not start off to Charlotte's liking. The runners were penetrating the interior post. They also applied pressure by committing shooting fouls, which for the most part, the Niners could only convert one shot. Charlotte was also plagued by turnovers. Towards the end of the first half, they had eight, a majority of them travels. The Niners were converting from three, and they were hitting 67% from behind the arc. Someone who was on fire from three was Igor Milicic, a player who had been relatively quiet in the last few games. But in the first half, he simply could not miss. He hit his third triple to quell the back-and-forth game to put the Niners up by one. The Roadrunners continued to use their strategy of driving towards the cup, and as the buzzer rang, DJ Richards banked a layup to energize the senior night crowd and put the birds up 38-37 before the half. Charlotte obviously had a lot of adjustments to make at the half, but one of them was putting a stop to redshirt sophomore John Bugs III's reign of terror. In the first half, Bugs could simply not miss. He was 4 for 4 and had 11 points. Senior Jacob Germany was also giving the Niners a handful in the post and getting his shine on in his last home game of his career. Ali Khalifa emerged in the second half to trade blows with Germany and Bugs, but a 16-3 UTSA run with nine minutes left in the game put the Niners in a pickle. Ali Khalifa continued to dish out points, but he needed help. But who would come to the rescue? No other than fellow CUSA Player of the Week, Bryce Williams. The Niners clawed and scratched their way to back within three. With a minute left to go in regulation, the Niners couldn't win the foul game. UTSA hit a majority of their shots, and the Niners fell on the road in San Antonio, 73-78. Khalifa finished the game with 27 points and 5 rebounds. Bryce Williams recorded another double-double, finishing with 20 points and 11 rebounds. Entering Saturday against the UAB Blazers, the Niners would be facing a UAB team that had over a week's worth of rest. 
The Blazers had not played since February 25th when they handily beat the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Charlotte still did not have Aldrich due to injury, which shortened their bench to nine players, only seven of which would see action during Senior Day in Halton. The good thing about this game was that they had already clinched the fifth seed in the conference tournament with Rice losing. Therefore, this game had no postseason implications. As the game began, the Niners knew they would have to contain UAB senior Jordan Jelly Walker if they wanted a shot at winning the match. In UAB's win against Charlotte earlier this season, Walker gave Charlotte some trouble. Not to mention, he's the third best scorer in the nation. Early in the game, the Niners found their hero in Jackson Threadgill. The junior guard from Concord looked smooth and confident as he drained several jumpers, including one in contact that resulted in an and one. Jelly Walker did not let up in the first half, hitting shot after shot after shot, but the Niners had an offensive counter in Butter Bryce Williams, who together with Threadgill kept the offensive production generating. At the half, the Niners and the Blazers were tied 32-32. At the half, the Niners had held UAB to only five offensive boards and six second chance points. One thing that the Niners wished they had was depth, and the Blazers bench supplied their team with 16 points. Little did both teams know, regardless of minutes, both teams would be in it for the long haul. The second half was more of a dogfight than the first. The teams continued to trade blows until three minutes left in regulation when the Blazers began to run away with the game holding a six-point lead over the 49ers' heads. The Niners needed a saving grace, and Lakai Patterson was able to nab a steal from UAB. As he drove towards the hoop, a devastating block sent the ball flying towards the three-point line. Luckily enough, Igor Milicic was there to catch the ball and drive to the hoop to deliver a monster dunk that saved the game and brought it back to four points. Welcome to March, folks. With the clock ticking down, 30 seconds on it, the Niners were down two but had possession. A beautiful screen set by Khalifa created a lane for Lakai Patterson, and he drove towards the rim. The layup was good, and the game was tied. Jelly Walker dribbled the clock out at half court, and as he squared up to make a three-point shot, Gibson defended it masterfully. The crowd waited in bated breath as the shot went through the air, and Igor Milicic snagged it off the iron. The game was going to overtime. In overtime, the game was tight, but with 10 seconds left in a tied 82-82 game, Jelly Walker lowered his shoulder while driving to deliver what appeared to be an offensive foul. In the sequence, Lakai Patterson foolishly reached out and smacked Walker's arm, sending the future NBA prospect to the line and the fans into an upset frenzy. He hit both. The game was now 84-82. Down two, the Niners needed something. Driving towards the baseline, Patterson attracted a blocking foul. With four seconds left in OT and the Niners in the double bonus now, he was going to shoot two. The game would be determined here. Patterson hit one, then the other. A Jelly Walker heave did not connect. The game was going to double overtime. In second OT, it was Bryce Williams versus Jelly Walker. When one scored, the other would respond. Just when you thought Charlotte was out of it and Bryce would miss a shot, a scramble for the ball would put it in Bryce's hands to tie the game. With under two to go, Williams drained a three, giving him a career high of 32 points. 30 seconds left in double overtime and UAB had the ball. Jelly missed, Brewer missed, but Tavion Lovan got the rebound and put it back in for the Blazers. 
With such an injury-ridden roster, the Niners couldn't keep settling for overtime. They had to go for the win. Off an inbound with four seconds left, Bryce Williams put up a prayer, but it was just short. Charlotte was oh so close, but they couldn't top UAB in double overtime. Charlotte had lost 91-93. to When the dust settled, Jelly Walker and Bryce Williams were obviously both the impact players of the game. Walker finished with 41, and Williams finished with 32. Patterson had 19 points and 5 rebounds, and Jackson Threadgill had an impressive showing with 13 points and 2 rebounds. With the CUSA regular season coming to a close, end-of-season awards were announced earlier this week. First off, CUSA Player of the Year, which was awarded to North Texas star Tyler Perry. It was very surprising that Jelly Walker did not receive this award, but it's easy to assume that North Texas' winning streak and Walker's absence midseason due to injury may have contributed to this result. There were no questions about Coach of the Year. That award goes to Dusty May, head coach of FAU. The Owls won the CUSA regular season championship and earned AP Top 25 recognition during the season. This is May's fifth season with the Owls. The former Florida Gator assistant is 94-55 all-time and is looking to send FAU to their first NCAA tournament since 2002. Jamarian Sharp, the 7'5 giant from Western Kentucky, earned himself another CUSA Defensive Player of the Year award. Arturo Dean from FIU won Freshman of the Year. Kai Huntsbury from North Texas earned Newcomer of the Year. And John L. Davis from FAU earned Sixth Player of the Year. The CUSA first team consisted of North Texas's Tyler Perry, FAU's John L. Davis, UAB's Jelly Walker, FIU's Denver Jones, and FAU's Elijah Martin. Bryce Williams found his way on the CUSA's second team. Williams finished the regular season averaging 13.5 points per game and shooting 48.3% from field goal. He won two CUSA Player of the Week awards. Williams started the season coming off the bench as a sixth man, but by the end of the season, he was a fully-fledged starter. Lakai Patterson and Ali Khalifa both earned CUSA honorable mentions. These two players were instrumental in this season's success. Khalifa earning himself a CUSA Player of the Week award this season, averaging close to 12 points per game, 6.5 rebounds per game, and controlling the offense with 2.5 assists per game. Patterson sacrificed his starting spot to Isaiah Folks late in the season to come off the bench. The sophomore transfer from Missouri State contributed big to the team this year with 10 points per game, 3 rebounds per game, and close to 3 assists per game. Looking at the CUSA tournament, which starts tonight, Charlotte will face number 4 seed Middle Tennessee State University Thursday, March 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time in the quarterfinals of the CUSA tournament. You can watch that game on ESPN+. The two teams are even in this season's series. This game will be the tiebreaker. Charlotte beat the Blue Raiders in December, 82-67 at Halton, but fell later in a nail-biter on the road, 62-58. Basically, anything can happen in this game, but the betting odds are favoring the Niners. The winner of this game will go on to play either number 1 seed Florida Atlantic or the winner of tonight's game against UTEP and Western Kentucky. If you're curious about staying up to date with what is happening with the Niners and this USA Tournament bracket, follow my updates on my Twitter, Inside the Mind 49.
to not miss a moment. Switching to other Niner news, Charlotte football's star wide receiver prospect Grant DeBose arrived in the NFL Combine last week to make a name for himself. DeBose posted a 4.57 second 40-yard dash, a 6.89 second cone drill, a 10-foot 5-inch broad jump, and a 35-inch vertical jump. These stats rank around the middle of the pack for receivers at the Combine. The NFL has graded DeBose a 5.81 prospect out of 8 points, indicating DeBose an average backup or a special teamer. DeBose is a great possession receiver, but seems to lack a bit of NFL speed, which may knock his stock on draft day. Obviously, these grades mean little in terms of future success, but it's something to consider for the future. The local club doesn't seem to care, however. It was reported by Fox Charlotte's Will Kunkel that the Carolina Panthers met informally with DeBose. This could be the Panthers trying to snag DeBose on draft day or line him up as a free agent. If DeBose stays in the 704, it will make a lot of Panthers and Niners fans happy. We'll have to see what happens as draft day approaches. Some other news that affected both the Charlotte 49ers and the Carolina Panthers. Former Panthers owner Jerry Richardson passed away March 1st at the age of 86. Richardson was a North Carolina native and a former halfback for the Baltimore Colts. If you didn't know, Jerry Richardson was a major contributor to Charlotte football, donating more than $10 million to the program when it was started in 2013. Due to his generous donation, the field and stadium were named in his honor. Richardson was also the owner of the Panthers since their conception in 1995. His legacy did not come without controversy. According to Sports Illustrated, at least four Panthers employees received monetary settlements due to inappropriate comments of sexual nature by Richardson. Richardson was also witnessed using a racial slur to an African-American scout. This led to Richardson being booted as the owner in 2017 and David Tepper taking the reins in 2018. This event also polarized Charlotte students, some of whom wanted the stadium and field renamed. Lastly, Charlotte women's basketball has had a huge week in the CUSA. Jada McMillan and Deja Lawrence were awarded with all CUSA first team honors. Lawrence had nine games this season with at least 20 points, and McMillan has had 19 double-figure scoring performances this season. J-Mac is also a floor general. The fifth-year senior becoming the second player in program history to record 500 career assists. The Lady Niners secured a win in the first round of the CUSA tournament today against the FIU Panthers, beating them handily 72-59. The Niners will go on to face the number one seed Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Remember, the women's basketball team won the CUSA tournament last season to make the NCAA tournament. Here's to hoping they can repeat that feat this year. Before we end today's episode, I just want to announce that I'll be attending the Charlotte St. Patrick's Day Parade this Saturday in Uptown Charlotte at 11 a.m. with a few other members of the Niner fandom. We'll be marching down the parade path with the Normulance. It's a Charlotte 49ers themed ambulance. It's really cool, believe me, if you haven't seen it. Feel free to come march with us or watch from the crowd. Reach out to my socials for more details. Super exciting stuff. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. Remember, Niners wear green on Wednesday, and they also listen to the Inside the Mind podcast. Thanks for listening to Inside the Mind. Hit that follow button to stay updated on all things Niner Nation. You can find me on Twitter at InsideTheMind49 and on Instagram at Drew underscore Fitzgerald. As always, picks up and roll Niners. Niners.